Welcome to Build an Iconic Life Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Whitehead, and this podcast is dedicated to help you build a life with zero regrets by focusing on how you have everything you need to stand up, stand out, and live life on your terms. Let's dive right in. Hey everybody, Chris Whitehead here. Uh, We are going to be displaying this particular podcast in 2024. And one of our first guests is someone that I was on his podcast and we hit it off really well. Braxton Wood is the owner of two companies. Um, One of those is Hill Moxie Inbound Business Systems. And we'll ask you about that. The other one is a personal development slash business consulting company, um, which was really, really interesting to hear about. So we'll talk more about that. But before that happens, give everybody a little bit of your credentials. Like you've worked with some pretty high level people, man. Yeah, I would say so. So between my two companies, uh, I'm a, I'm a former employee of a pretty big tech company. Um, and then since then I've had clients that are, you know, vice presidents at Reddit and Coinbase. I have a client that was a correspondent for NBC News, the primetime cable network. Um, uh, I have a client right now that is a uh, the ethics and compliance director for a top four accounting form, accounting firm rather. And yeah, it's just I, I love helping people find whatever it is they want to do and do it on their own terms. And so that's why I've been able to kind of surround these kind of people around me. <laughs> Well, dive into that. Like there are a lot of people that go, man, I'd love to rub elbows with highly successful people. And there's a right way to do it. And there's a wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. You want to give a few tips on maybe some of the right ways to do it, or maybe viewing some of the wrong ways to do it, how they might be able to do it better. Yeah. I think overall, the biggest thing is value, right? But um, like you got to bring the value and got to make, if you're going to, if you're going to network with someone, if you're going to rub shoulders with people of that caliber, then you got to bring something to the table. I think, you know, in the world we live in, it's a capitalist world. (laughs) And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but that's just the reality. But I think also, like, I never viewed myself as a serious networker. I'm I'm pretty introverted. I've Mm -hmm. always have been. And so the thought of me, like, but I also had a naive view of what networking is, I think. And so, like, to me, it was always showing up, paying to go to these events and handing out business cards. Like, that was my initial early on naive view of networking. And Really, it's just about, like I said, providing value and finding people to surround yourself with that elevate you, but you're also able to reciprocate that value somehow. I think that's the way you go about it. How did you trip into doing that? Um, I think for me, um, with my background, I have a, a crazy background a little bit that shock people sometimes, but I am, have no formal education at all. I'm a product of homeschooling. Uh, so I haven't set foot in a classroom since I was 11 years old. I homeschooled all through junior high and high school. And then coming out of that, since I didn't know what it was that I wanted to do for a living, you know, 18, 19, 20, I didn't think it was a good use of time to go to college. Like, like so many of us do, right? Like go to school so you can get a good job, get all your preliminaries out, out of the way. Right. That's the kind of stuff we hear when we're that age. I didn't see any alignment with that. And I wasn't going to make such a big like life altering commitment until I was positive about what I wanted to do. So if you fast forward a few years, I've gotten married, I've had a few kids and I finally figured out what it was I want to do for a living, which was marketing. And so me looking at, I'm taking all these courses, like I'm reading books and I'm like, if I can learn marketing this way, if there's a market for people to write books, 
about marketing. If there's a market where I can go on a site like udemy.com or something like that and learn marketing, then what the hell do I need college for to do that? And so I kind of did a little bit of a scientific experiment in my early 20s where I just learned marketing. I put it into practice and then I slapped that stuff on my resume. And that in a nutshell is what got me into that tech company, uh, 600 person tech company that required a bachelor's degree. But here I am without even a high school diploma. So that is the inspiration about like, if, if you bet on yourself, you tend to go farther. You tend to learn things along the way versus waiting for permission from someone else to give you a chance. Uh, so that's how do you think a lot of people just aren't willing to break the mold if they read and it says four year de- degree required, they immediately just close up and go find something that oh. maybe they have to lower the ceiling for to enjoy. Do you see it? Yeah, it's terrifying to people, right? The, the fear of the unknown is a very real thing. And I think that's what prevents so many of us from just taking even a first step to test the waters. Uh, and yeah, and this is something I love sharing with my with my career clients is like, when it comes to job listings where you see that requirement and maybe you're not quite aligned with it, or maybe you don't meet, check that box. If that's the only requirement, people have to remember that when employers post a job listing, that is for their ideal candidate. So if you check all the other boxes and if you're otherwise a 90% match for the job, then you're still heads above all the other candidates that are applying to that job, even if those candidates do have a degree. What kind of results have you gotten for some of your clients? It's it depends on kind of who they are because we have clients that come to us for different things. And so some some of my executive clients come to me because they want to ex- escape corporate life into entrepreneurship or become a consultant or something like that. But for my my more career focused clients, on average, they experience a 30% increase in their income. So one job change, that's what they they experience. Uh, I worked from home for the last 5 years of my career before starting my businesses. So I also, um, help for those that want remote work, I help them find the blueprint and craft this path for themselves where they can find that. Uh, and then also, it's just all the other little things like being able to negotiate for themselves, whatever they want to do, more PTO, more more hybrid opportunities, whatever that is for them. It's I'm all about getting them and finding, helping them reveal the path to, to get to it, really. I guess... Uh getting into the tech company, which led you to really your first entrepreneurial venture, which is only up opening up the SaaS company. Like talk about that a little bit about what you do in that business for people. Yeah. And it, that was really the the thing that kickstarted my interest in that business was my experience at the tech company made me realize, okay, I, this is kind of my first made it moment. I do know what I'm doing. Right. Because before that I kind of did work in a vacuum, like siloed by myself, working from home and things like that. So a lot of times I didn't know really the impact I was making. And so I got that experience. I got that barometer to kind of measure myself against. And then uh, I launched the the tech or my own, my own consulting company around software uh, to just continue what I was already doing for other businesses, but doing it for myself this time around. And so in terms of what we do for uh, in that business for our clients, we, the way, the best way I can describe it, and we say this kind of funny, uh, so many people ask me if I'm in IT and I say, no, but I understand why you would think that. So what we do is we are a managed service provider for inbound marketing. So just like IT companies tend to be managed service providers, we do that before all your, your inbound marketing. So that's your funnels, that's your email marketing, that's your CRM stuff, that's webinars, all that type of tech that helps you convert higher, helps you bring in more customers, bring in more leads. We're all about that kind of stuff. 
Give an example of some of the things that you do to enhance that experience. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people that have CRMs with huge database mm -hmm. and they're not making a dollar per per, uh, email. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yep, absolutely. So one of the biggest things that I think one of the the most interesting projects we've ever worked on was we um, actually, there was a a marketing agency for a a niche industry. Um, They did about 15 million a year. And one of the things that they saw was we, we get plenty of leads, like leads aren't the problem, but we got to be able to optimize our conversion rate on them. And so one of the things that they tasked me with is to build a system and a process that increased the productivity of their sales team. And so the way we did that was it, it's really convoluted to try and explain, but we basically built a system where not only does it t- like assign you a task to call somebody at some point, but based on either a sales cycle, like if the owner wanted leads to be touched on or called or texted or whatever, every 12 hours, every 24 hours, every 48 hours, the system would queue that lead up for the rep. And so if they weren't showing up in the list, the rep knew that they, it wasn't time to call that particular lead yet, either based on you know, whatever criteria. And so what we found is when we built this system where the owner gave us this schedule of how they wanted the leads to be touched on by the sales team, and the sales team had some bandwidth to um, deviate and schedule their own calls outside of that cadence when necessary, it increased their sales call volume by 20% in, in, on a daily basis. And so imagine being able to make 20% more sales touches, whether that's texts or emails even, or phone calls. Um, so a huge increase to the, to the bottom line of a company that was now getting 20% more touch points out to their list, about to, out to their leads. And imagine like if your conversion rate is already at like a 2% of the leads you get, even even that could be huge for a company that's of that caliber. Yeah. And I mean, basically you gave them five days worth of work, but six days worth of productivity. Exactly. Um, pr- pretty freaking incredible. And that I guess that allows you to start dialing in some of the other metrics too, which is maybe increasing closing ratio and why some, uh, it, now that we're talking to them more frequently, but they're not responding as good. Maybe the copy's not good on this, or maybe they want to see videos or what is the subject matter. So you can start to really, really get granular on that stuff to really mm-hmm. dial it in. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> how long? How long have you been doing that? Uh, this that business has been around for. Uh, I don't get asked this enough. Um, eight years now. Eight years. Yeah. And when you first began, were you always going in the direction of helping with marketing and helping with inbound leads, or is this a niche that you found because you just happened to be good at it? Yeah. So I I always had a passion for marketing as soon as I realized it. And so when I went to work at the software company, what I realized is my my nerd out moments is around the tech side of things, all the operational things, all that side of marketing, the technical marketing. Um, And so that's the groove I found myself in working at the tech company. I ended up advising all all the company's customers that were coming in. I was part of my role there was as an onboarding specialist. And so I would help onboard people at the company onto the software. And then I nerded out on it so much that I was asked to go into a different department where I did the same thing, but onboarded the company's partners, their affiliates and things like that. Um, So when I decided to leave the company, it was basically just doing more of the same for a couple other companies. And then I realized I'm too good at this and I enjoy this too much to be doing it for someone else. So let's start a business doing this. And so it was basically just more of the same. I just started a consulting company and I basically freelanced early on doing the same thing. And it was all around that inbound marketing piece. So a lot of companies would initially hire me to manage their CRM, 
to manage and implement their email marketing campaigns to build out uh, sales pages, opt-in forms, all that kind of stuff is where it started. And then it's grown now to where we provide a more holistic, comprehensive service that includes uh, a CRM as well. So they come to us, hey, we need a CRM. Great. Let us be your support. Let us be an extension of your team. We're, we will also build all this stuff for you. Now, where are you located? Eastern Idaho. <laughs> Eastern Idaho. Mm -hmm. How much snow do you have right now? I'm normally there's about six feet of snow on the ground, but it's been a very mild winter. And so there's just a few inches right now. <laughs> yeah. It's an El Nino year I heard. And we're having the it same is. thing in New England. Like we, we have a lot of rain and mm -hmm. some definite flooding. Um, but the snow is held off. I'm actually okay with that. Yeah. As you're, as you're coming into 2024, what do you see uh, from last year that you can personally improve upon inside of your business. And the reason I'm asking that is I, I love to get guests on here. that are high powered that do really, really big things. And instead of always telling what others should be doing, maybe it's some of the realizations that we've had that we can implement that'll actually touch someone too. Because I think what goes around comes around. I also think what's happening to one of us is happening to quite a few of us. Yeah. So with that being said, what are some of the things or what's at least one thing going into 2024 that you want to improve upon? Yeah, I think just in this last quarter of this year and now going into the next year, I've between my two companies, I've doubled my staff. And so I need to be able to delegate what I'm doing and be able to trust other people to execute on it. And like something that I always remind myself is they're not going to do it right. They're not going to do it to the best of their ability. They're not going to do it perfectly the first time, the second time or the third time around. But you got to allow people to, in order to delegate, you got to allow them to make mistakes because me being someone like I, the way I look at it is like, I made a ton of mistakes, not having the traditional route of education. And so sure. I know it's important to learn from those mistakes and being able to delegate and then allow people that forgiveness and that bandwidth to make little mistakes so that we can learn and correct them and then improve. That's going to be my biggest thing coming to this year. Cause I have way too many projects and too many other irons in the fire to not have help to do it by myself. So you know, I was uh, I was literally standing in this room in the office today with a client and I was talking about jumping over to the line of delegation. And I remember when I finally made that decision, things didn't magically get easier in business. In fact, I, I kept wanting to get pulled like to straddle the line, part integrator, part visionary. I fix everything. But I told him I eventually just had to make that decision that no matter what, I'm going to use communication as a tool. And one of the things that I read in the book was that it's about 70% is what we should expect one of our uh, good employees mm -hmm. um, to, to perform it compared to our level. So if they're performing at 70%, we can help increase them. Anything under that, and you might need to be a little bit worried. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing that I read is the cost of hiring an A player versus the output that is put off by an A player more than double. So if, if you spend 20% more on an A player to have them on your team, they'll more than double the output of a B player. So mm -hmm. it's like these two things in conjunction. Number one, maybe I can afford better help. And number two, maybe I can lower my personal expectations a little bit more and learn about SOPs and learn how to help them be the best at what they do. And the cool thing about that with your being your thing, that's actually what you help your clients do. You help mm -hmm. them get really centered on who they are. You get you help them get focused on what their purpose is, and you allow them to do it outside of the box. 
which is one of the most beautiful things on earth. Because as humans, I know that I, including me and probably you as well, like I love to be ambitiously lazy, which means I love to set everything up, do it, not think about it, and then go on autopilot for a while. Well, that's not very good for outside of the box thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I think it's a beautiful thing that as you're scaling and growing, what I hear you saying is that I am going to define myself as the leader of a company, not so much as the doer of that company. And dude, that's really, really hard for amazing integrators like you to do. Mm -hmm. I, I know it is. Yeah. So I appreciate you willing to share that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, with some of the things that you're seeing in the marketplace with AI, with, you know, advanced technology uh, moving in, what are some of the things that you predict for 2024 coming down the pipe that people should look out for? Oh, man, given given how fast AI has moving, moved this year, I don't know if I can give any good predictions at all. But like if I'm looking just at some ways that we're using AI and seeing the potential of it, one of the things we've done is we we've leveraged in a third party tool. It's an AI voice synthesizer. So now I'm sending out appointment reminders to people that are booking assessments with us, booking sales calls with us, and they're getting a, a voice reminder. It's not an email. It's not a, just a text. It's an actual voice recording that has synthesized my voice, but it's addressing these people by name. So imagine wow. being able to personalize outreach, personalize your marketing doing that. And so that's something that we've built internally for ourselves and our clients use it as well. We're seeing no-show rates to things like sales calls drop to almost zero. And so thinking of the bottom line again, think of like conversion rates. Imagine what having no, no, no show appointments would make for your salespeople and like how happy they would be if you're, if you're doing that. So that's one thing that we've just seen an opportunity from this year and have implemented. Um, but I mean, at the rate things are going, being able to create content using AI and like almost to the extent that, you know, if I had a video editor or something like that, like I could potentially completely offload whatever I'm delegating to a video editor, maybe have AI do it. And so the person I hire for that is a video, you know, engineer where they're engineering the video with AI. So those are some things uh, that I've seen that I, I think that's the direction it's going, but man, it's the wild, wild west, I think right now with AI and it's really hard to tell. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's uh. so I got an offer. Um, I don't know if it was email or text or whatever. And I checked it out because it was about AI and literally it takes a photo of your face from multiple angles. So if you have your iPhone, it does the same thing for face recognition. And then um, they they do voice dub overs with mm -hmm. lips moving and it's your face while you use the AI with a few keywords to create the entire presentation or video. Mm -hmm. And um, and it was as low as 49 bucks. Like it was a cheap, cheap program to purchase. Yeah. And I truly believe that we're at the very, very beginning of this. I think um, most people are aware that when things get, you know, put out to the public, it's already been used in a different sector for 20, 25 years, and they've gotten the best out of it. And I'm not saying that we're there with AI, but I, I literally think that we haven't thought of all the ways that it'll be able to be used. Yeah. Um, one of the books that I read, uh, literally, it, it, the name of the book is Elon Musk. Um, oh, yeah. highly Have you read it? Is it by Walter Isaacson? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, what a <laughs> phenomenal book, man. What a phenomenal book. Um, you and I both have had experience playing around with super high level people. Mm -hmm. And what's weird and what's cool about the book, he's very human. He's very, very, very human. And um, what has given him genius zones in some area um, have really taken away from other areas of life. I want to ask you, what do you think about balance, harmony, pillars, like 
do you see being successful in one area like that and the wealthiest man on earth? Would you give up personal relationships for that? Where mm. is your where is your balance sheet on those pillars? And do you have pillars, by the way? For, I guess you should ask that first. Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah. If I think about that, like the way I view so many things in the world, both in personal and professional life, is there's an opportunity cost with everything. And so if if I think about it for, through that lens of like, do I want to be the richest, you know, wealthiest person in the world? I don't think I don't think I do because the the way I have to act and behave uh, in order to attain that kind of status is not something I'm interested in. So the wealthiest and richest, no. Uh, do, I wanna, do I wanna make a good living for myself? Yes. Do I wanna be seen even perhaps as an authority in my space? Absolutely. Um, so, but in terms of like, what am I willing to sacrifice? Personal relationships, not so much. I think, you know, th there's, there's a gray area with so many things. And I, I think, you know, if my wife would never, if I, if I use the example of my wife, you know, she would never want to discourage me from doing something. But if that, if it came to that, like if there's something that I was really ambitious about that she was not on board with, then, you know, there's a serious conversation to be had there. Um, Cause yeah, in my pursuit of whatever it is I'm doing, uh, I, I don't want to be held back, but, uh, but yeah, so I think that's, that's where my, my line is. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but. <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's uh, of course I want to have, what I want and more importantly, what I need. Uh, but I'm not willing to sacrifice every other aspect of life in order to get that. So you're not singularly focused. Yep. Um, with a lot of the clients you've had in the last couple of years, especially post COVID, mm -hmm. what are you seeing a trend of what people are saying they want? Like if you were to amalgamate it all and say, here's the mean, like this is what people in general are asking for right now. I, I, I see what's coming. It's interesting. A lot of the clients I work with, a lot of people I encounter, like when it, from a business perspective, a lot of people think this is going to be a very nerdy kind of answer, but a lot of people think that the solution to the problems in their business from like increasing their revenue is a lead generation problem. Um, and so when they come to me and they're, they may be just barely understanding this concept of inbound marketing or, uh, or, you know, conversion rate optimization, they're still kind of hung up on looking at it from that lens is like, oh, it's all about more leads. And so because of that, because of they may be learning this new concept, uh, they're looking for silver bullets a lot of the time. And what I do is very in the weeds. What we do as a company is very in the weeds. In fact, I just had a client yesterday that emailed me and he wanted me to give him a quote uh, on a bunch of things that he wanted, different workflows he wanted to build in the CRM and things like that. And But, uh, but a, a one sentence, explanation of what you want done doesn't tell me everything I need to know to build it for you. And so uh, that's the thing I see most companies and most business owners struggle with is if you're not a nerd like myself, then you may not be understanding or realizing all the things you got to get into the weeds about in order for someone like us to really build you an effective system and effective process that you can just set and forget and then optimize along the way. When you so you have different levels of clients come to you, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what are, what are, do you have like three different levels of clients? Like number one, they, they do need help with branding and, and, and they need lead generation because mm -hmm. a lot of people probably do come to you because of what you just said. Right. That, that leads to a, a mid-level client, which is, well, we can probably increase some lead flow, but you have some leads coming in now. Let's talk about how we optimize those better. Mm -hmm. And then you probably have what you talked about on the third level, which is you have clients with 
too many leads. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to fully help them optimize the leads they have and, and get the most uh, value from the people that are working for them. Is that kind of the three levels that you work with? It's close. So we actually don't view ourselves as a marketing company in the sense that like we don't do lead gen at all. We don't help you with your ads. We don't manage your ads, nothing. We do everything once you get the lead or to in order to capture the lead. So anything okay. from the funnel onward. Um, so yes, we'll set up your your pages if you want. We have some best practices around what a good, highly optimized sales funnel looks like. And we can build that for you. But anything before that, we we have people that we'll refer you to if you want Facebook ads or something like that. We are all about where we shine, where our superpower is, is once you get the lead, how do we, what are all the cool, amazing, high converting things we can do to get them to become a customer? Talk a little bit about, you worked for Infusionsoft for a while, didn't you? Correct. That's a tech company. Yep. Um, talk about working with them. That's an intense company. They, and they, <laughs> they're amazing. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I saw, uh, one of my best friends, Tom Keenan, was also trained by them. He paid him like 18 grand to go get trained mm-hmm. over a week. But um, he showed me they had a mind map of all of the employees and what their duties were, and they didn't have any of them in place. And he goes back a year later, and the entire thing is 100% filled out exactly like they said it would. What was your experience working with that company? Oh, uh, this is hard to talk about a little bit. Um, they... Oh man, I mean, I, I have a hard time being truthful about this, but okay. um, as, as as it's fun for me to say that, like, because of what I do in my software and consulting business now, I'm a competitor to my former employer. Sure. And and because of like they created the category in that space, they were the first marketing CRM for small businesses, right? And there's a bunch of other copycats and competitors that came out since then. And I think because of that, honestly, my former employers lost their way a little bit. They have half the amount of staff that they used to when I worked there. Um, And I think that they're struggling to really get a pulse on who their customer is and how they can help them. And um, it's a struggle for them. So that's a a lot of that. When I worked there, in terms of what my experience was, I met a lot of great people. Some of them are still my dearest friends. Uh, But as a company, um, there's a few too many cooks in the kitchen and a few too many shareholders they, they've done five rounds of funding and oh. have, in, in my opinion have squandered all of it they haven't grown at all as a result of it um so anyway that that was what my experience was like a lot of feeling confused and lost <laughs> which is ultimately if i'm being quite honest why i left the company i mean it, it's fair um and it's not i don't i don't take what you're saying is speaking ill um i've had experiences you know even in my 25 years as being an entrepreneur i've had experiences with people um, that were not what I would call like stellar positive, but they were hella, hella learning lessons, man. Yes. Because I didn't have to be the one to pay to learn that lesson. And sometimes being the one that was being affected by that lesson, um, it sunk in a lot deeper than the one even just paying for that lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, uh, you know, I think you said it in a really positive way. And it also allows you to round the wheel better, which is what entrepreneurism is about, you know. Yeah, some some entrepreneurism is about creating a whole new type of wheel, um, but most of it is finding how to add more value for the same dollar or more if it costs more, but more value to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's you, you played with the big dog. It, that was the whole point of bringing that up. It's not like um, it's not like you work for mom and pop um, CRM company. Uh, anybody that's actually ever seen Infusionsoft, we we 
we refer to it in the marketing world as confusion soft, <laughs> but, um, and, and I have for almost a decade now, but, um, but anybody that sees the robustness of, of that platform, um, you could, you could get lost in the weeds for the remainder of your life, I believe inside of their platform. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. pretty intense. Um, how many people were there when you worked there? Roughly 600. 600. Okay. Roughly. Yep. And, and they've gone down to half that size now. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yes. And, um, but it also leaves the opportunity on the table for people like you who understands who their ideal client is and how to deliver the best value for the money too. Because the other part about that particular company is they aren't inexpensive to play with. Mm -hmm. I promise you that. Um, that's a full-time commitment Yep. <laughs> uh, when, when you start using Infusionsoft. Uh, what are some of the things that you're planning on doing fun in 2024? Because that's another part of being an entrepreneur that we often yeah. miss. Yeah, it's tough because like my hobbies are very much everything that I've been talking about this whole time. Like I, I very often will sit down and at home after I've come home from the office and we've had dinner and I've had family time with my, you know, my family and I have this habit of opening up the computer and be like, how can I make this, you know, funnel or this workflow better? And so like I do this stuff, not because it's just to make a living, but because I love it. Um, but, you know, when I, when I'm not still obsessing over work, even as much as I love it, um, you know, what a lot of things. So one thing that a lot of people don't know about me is that I'm an amateur ballroom dancer. And so oh, cool. that, yeah. And so that's something I enjoy. I don't do it often. Um, too busy, but, uh, yeah. So in terms of like 2024, probably time I took my wife out dancing at least once or twice, I think. Um, but yeah, we, this year, just the year, year we committed to like, okay, Brax is not just going to work all the time. We're going to actually go on a few family trips. Um, and which we did do this year, we intend to continue doing that. So I have family that have kind of, you know, dispersed all over the country. Um, I intend to go to more, uh, like conferences than I ever have before. I'm also, um, because of my career coaching business, I'm also a part-time influencer. I'm very blessed to, to be doing that. And so I've had partnerships with a number of big name companies, like some of the oldest internet companies on the planet. Um, and so also leaning into that and being able to collaborate with other other creators, other influencers, and other businesses is something I'm looking forward to in the coming year also. That sounds like a lot of fun, man. And that's something that you can uh, fly around with family and do. I know because I've done it. Um, it's funny that you say dancing. So I got Robin and I dancing lessons, Western Swing. Okay. Uh -huh. And um, and she is over the moon excited. She was like, I'm ready to go now. I said, no, it's at the lady's house. We have to wait until after the first of the year before we have to let her get through the holidays. But um. I actually, I think I was on TikTok and I see a moderate, modern song, not quite hip hop, mm -hmm. but they were definitely doing swing dancing to it. And I showed it to her and she fell in love with it. And I was like, all right, time for me to stretch me outside of my comfort zone and see if I can actually have somebody teach me how to dance. So I'll keep you updated on that, man. I would love to hear that. If you're, if you ever get like into that and like you're looking for more, my two favorite dances are West Coast Swing. And then a style of dance called the New York Hustle. And they're more of a technical type of dance, but it's the, I, I love that stuff so much. It's my favorite. Yeah. it When they paired it with um, a slightly faster uh, beat, uh -huh. um, I, th there were just a couple moves that people did that when, yeah. when it got, when it was pulled off, I was just like, oh, if I could do that, that would feel amazing. So um, I'll either look like an albatross trying to fly um, or, or, you know, we'll, we'll get somewhere in the middle, mm. <laughs> but I, 
Well, I'll yeah. keep you posted, man. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, the secret to social or ballroom dances, as long as you're making the lady look good, then you're accomplishing what you're what you're out to do. <laughs> okay, brother. Um, thank you for that little tip of advice. And I appreciate you coming on the show. And we'll make sure we leave your information uh, so that everybody can connect with you. Uh, if people wanted to go directly, though, I want them to be able to hear it from your voice. If they want to connect with you directly, mm -hmm. what's the best way for them to find you? Honestly, I have a, a page. If you go to braxtonwood.vip, uh, on there, that's where all my stuff is. My socials, both my companies, it's all there. Braxtonwood.vip. That's awesome, brother. We'll make sure we put that on there. I'll keep you updated about these dance lessons, man. It sounds good, Chris. Thank you. See you, everybody. Take care. Hey friend, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please leave a review and subscribe to catch future casts. If you really enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it so others can benefit from it as well. I'll see you in the trenches.